Colossians 1, verses 3 through 12. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Well, we are coming this morning to the commandment that is right at the heart of this text we've been looking at for several weeks now at the beginning of John chapter 15. And so we're going to uh, take a closer look. Uh, If you have a Bible handy, you could open it up and follow along. I'm going to read just the first eight verses of John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. The Lord bless the reading of his word. I just want to kind of get us back up to speed to what we've said uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks about this text, because we've taken a week to talk about what it means to bear fruit, and we've taken a week to talk about the two types of branches and what the vine dresser does in each of those cases. And so uh, we just want to remember bearing fruit, what is bearing fruit? Bearing fruit is any exhibit 
of the reproductive, multiplying life of the vine. That's a broad category. Any time a believer exhibits the life of Christ, uh, Paul put it like this, a righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Or Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, you might remember, he said that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So whenever we uh, exhibit the life of Christ, the life of the vine in which we abide, we're bearing fruit. And then last time we looked at this text where every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. And we could take two conclusions from that. First of all, every Christian is fruitful. (laughs) Every Christian is fruitful. Anyone who's attached to the vine of Christ for real will bear fruit. And every fruitful Christian will be pruned by the Father in order to bear more fruit. So the Lord's working on us all the time. We could read about this in Romans, where we notice that uh, we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. And so the Lord's objective in the life of every Christian is that we would reflect the life of Christ and the character of Christ. He's making us Christ-like. We can count on that under every circumstance. Sometimes, we noticed last time, sometimes that pruning can be painful as the Lord removes things that inhibit our fruitfulness. Uh, I don't suppose it has to be painful, but sometimes it is. And so uh, we spent some time last time also talking about how do we respond to suffering as a Christian And the key is abide in the vine. And that's where we come this morning. What is a branch to do? (laughs) And you might think, well, we're talking about a vine and a branch. This is a stable relationship. What's a branch to do? And Jesus says, abide in the vine. Well, there's not much to that. Just stay in the vine. How much work is involved in staying? You see, this is a resting expression. Rest in Christ. Stay in Christ. So if you don't move, you stay. Now, this word abide, it's, it is one of the coolest words in all of the Bible, in my opinion. It's the little Greek word meno, M-E-N-O, <clears throat> meno. And it, it's translated here abide. Sometimes it's translated, in, sometimes in this text, it's translated remain or stay or continue or keep on. Uh, But it has this idea of living someplace. In fact, we would use this word to talk about, uh, if we were speakers of ancient Greek, we'd use it to talk about where you live. Uh, 
And we, we can do this in English too, if we ask someone where they're staying, same idea. So I'd like to think about this word in terms of my relationship to the place where I live, like the house I live in. How do I abide? Well, I stay there. It's the, it's the starting point. I go from there to be anywhere else. If you looked at my ID card, it, it shows my address. It's part of who I am is where I stay. And uh, I eat there. I sleep there. I rest there. I prepare myself to meet the world there. So if I think about abiding in Christ, I can think of these things ways I relate to my house, and I can think I relate to Christ in some of these ways. I, I prepare myself to meet the world in my relationship with Christ. I receive my nourishment from Christ. I receive my identity from Christ. How do you know what kind of a branch this is by what kind of a vine it's connected to? You know, this is really not much more than trusting Christ in all things. If you want to focus attention on abiding in the vine, focus attention on those areas in your life where you could trust in Christ more or with something. Maybe there's something you're hanging on to as your own, as your own fight, as your own struggle, as your own blah, blah, blah. What if you let go of that and trusted Christ with it? What if you looked to him as the provider for you in every respect? Well, the more you trust in him, the more you abide in the vine. Resting your life in his you see, we talked about this last time, but it's really important to notice the focus of attention for the branches. The focus of attention for the branches. Jesus is saying, look, I'm the vine, you're the branch. And then he gives us something to focus our attention on, and that is abiding in the vine. The focus of attention for the branch is its connection to the vine. This is important. The focus of attention for the branch is its connection to the vine. It's not about uh, working harder to produce more fruit. Because no matter how hard you work to produce more fruit, if you don't have a healthy connection to the vine, the life that produces fruit is just not there. So where should you focus your attention? On the vine, not the fruit. We said this last week. Fruit is the natural result of abiding in the vine. Here in verse 5, what does it say? I'm the vine, you're the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Fruit is the natural result. 
the natural result of abiding in the vine. Our reflection of the nature of Christ is the result of receiving the life of Christ. Trusting in Christ, receiving the life of Christ that is, will naturally become reflected in our lives. He says something really interesting here. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That is a big absolute statement, is it not? You can do nothing apart from me. I, you know, I read that verse one time and I thought, well, people are going around doing things apart from him all over the place. What does he mean? You can do nothing. People do all kinds of things. They don't even know Christ. Well, I think what he means is this. Whatever you're doing, if it's apart from him, it's nothing. You see, what you do, what you do, even the good things you do, have no eternal significance if they're not done in Christ. Apart from him, nothing. If the good things you do are not an expression of the life of Christ in you, nothing. Now, they're still good. They still might benefit someone in this present world, in this present life, but nothing. The things that count for eternity are the things we do out of our connection to Christ. Uh, you can read about this in the book of Romans in chapter 6 where he says, present yourselves to God as an instrument of his righteousness, not producing your own righteousness, but producing the righteousness he produces in and through you. In Romans chapter 8, you know, there's that famous text uh, that says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And, you know, we like to just read that and stop, but, you know, the text goes on. He says, For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. How is the righteous requirement of the law fulfilled in Christians? They walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And this is grounded in the work of Christ on the cross, covering the penalty for sin, and so in our connection to Christ, the Spirit gives life and we gain the capacity to become instruments of God's righteousness and expressions of the life of the vine in Christ. This is the difference between ornaments and fruit. 
We all have Christmas trees during the Christmas season. Christmas trees are dedicated with ornaments. There's a big difference between a pine cone and a Christmas tree ornament. They might really look pretty and nice. Well, till January. They don't look so good after that. And a lot of Christians, one of the things we are doing all the time is we're trying to teach ourselves and struggle ourselves to be good. And we end up taking the responsibility of the vine onto ourselves. We don't need to do that. If we focus, if we give our attention to abiding in the vine, we produce fruit and we don't need ornaments. And the, the life of Christ in us produces what the life of Christ produces. And we find ourselves joyfully serving. We find ourselves joyfully making sacrifices for the benefit of others, not because of some commanded requirement or burden, but because it's the nature of who we are because we are connected to Christ. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words, this is in the next verse, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. You see, if I think, how does the life come from the vine into the branch? It's right here. My words abide in you. My words. His words are life. His words are life. Psalm 1, I think we read as our scripture reading, maybe in the last couple of weeks, Psalm 1, I just want to read this to you. There's a list of references in in your bulletin that make this point, that his word is life. Blessed is the man who not who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. His delight, the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now listen to the nature of this person whose focus, his delight, is in the word of God. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. That's quite a promise. See, if I'm going to be productive, it's because the word is life. And as I delight myself in the word of God, it produces fruit. I produce fruit when the time is right and the, and the need is present. I become a productive Christian. 
the Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 55, where God says, my word that goes out from me, it, it doesn't come back empty, but it accomplishes the thing for which I sent it. Like, like the rain coming from the heavens that causes the ground to yield its fruit. The word of God is like that rain in the life of the body of Christ. And the word of God is life in us. We could see this in John chapter 6, where Jesus just says this straight out, my words are life. John 6, 63, Hebrews 4, 12, another famous passage, the word of God is living and active. This is not just ink and paper. The word of God is living and active and able to discern, to judge between thoughts and intentions. You know, I can't even discern my own thoughts and intentions, but the word of God can. And the word is life to me. It's living and active and transformative in the soul, in the life of the believer. That famous passage also in 2 Timothy chapter 3, you know, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable that the man of God may be equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work. How do, how do I abide in the vine? How does the life of the vine abide in me? It's the transmission of the word of God into life through the life of the one who trusts in the vine. Well, that very same text, just before that in verses 14 and 15, he talks about, he says to Timothy, you've known the scriptures, he says, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. The word of God is the very life of God in the life of the believer. This is why this church is Bible-based this church is Bible-based, and not just because we're trying to learn how to be good. In fact, not even mainly because we're trying to learn how to be good. It's because the very life of the vine is in the Word of God. So we preach the Bible, and that's why we're gospel-centered, because the message of Christ is the heart of the Word of God. Christ is the vine. And because we can connect to God in Christ and receive the word of God from Christ, we are alive and fruitful in the life, in, in the Christian life. This is why the main thing I do as the pastor of this church, the main thing I do is explain to you what the Bible says. Because I think if we understand, if you understand, if any Christian understands the word of God, it is making you fruitful for God's glory. It's not just because, uh, you know, we need to know what God requires. Mm, it's not even mainly for that. It's so that we can see the life of God in Christ by the power of the Spirit. 
This is why we read the scripture in every service. In fact, the scripture tells us we should read the scripture. (laughs) Paul says to Timothy, don't neglect the reading, the public reading of the scripture. This is why the scripture reading was at the heart of the life of the synagogue before Christ. The main thing they did was read and explain the text of the Bible. And that's what we do. And Paul says to Timothy, don't neglect the reading of the scriptures. Nowadays, nowadays, <laughs> you have a personal copy of the Bible in pretty much whatever language, human language, you might speak. It is a rare language nowadays in which the Word of God is not available. There are some, but not many. And you can read your own personal copy of the Bible. Do you know that that wasn't even possible for most of the life of the church? You had to go to church to hear the reading of the Bible. Now you have your own copy. I have, I don't know how many hundred different translations of the Bible immediately accessible to me uh, on this tiny device. Are you taking advantage? This is why we publish. We have it. It's there on the back table. And if you need one, come on by and get one. I can provide you with a plan for reading the Bible. You don't have to understand it as you go. The more you do, the better it is. But one of the things you want to do is just find out what's in there. Just read it. The Word of God becomes living and active in the life of a Christian. Read it, study it, get it. Come to the church and get it explained to you. Uh, If you've got a question about it, Come and ask me. I've spent a lot of years studying it. I might be able to help you. Ask any one of our elders. They'll probably be able to help you. Ask someone you know. Go to a Bible study. The Word of God is living and active, and it will work in and through your life to make you fruitful. So Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Not you'll be able to if you work hard at it. No, you will. You see, the life of the vine is what produces fruit in the life of the branch, not the efforts of the branch. Well, there's another thing here that the branch is called to do. Did you see it? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask. Ask. Here's the second thing a branch does. They abide and they ask. Well, you know, what this really is, is here's an aspect of abiding in the vine. Asking. Asking. Really, it's just a how-to about abiding. How do you abide? Ask. How do you abide in the vine? Ask. You know, I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again. Prayer is all there is to the Christian life. And sometimes I say that and people think I'm 
you know, exaggerating or whatever. Or, mm, prayer is all there is. The praying life is the Christian life. Whatever else I'm doing is a prayer. <laughs> whatever else I'm doing is grounded in asking, in abiding in the vine. I do my works of obedience to the commandments of Christ from asking for the life of the vine to be exhibited in my own life. Ask, ask. Look to God. The Christian life is about rediscovering that God is the source and provider of all good things. The Christian life is rediscovering that God is the source and provider of all good things. And he does so in Christ by the Spirit. Ask. Look to God. Whenever you look to God in Christ by the Spirit, you are a Christian. You are abiding in the vine. You're saying, he is my source, not me. He is my source, not anything else. Him. You're trusting God in Christ by the Spirit. The focus of attention for the branch is its connection to the vine. Pray. Ask. Trust God as the provider of all good things. See what God will produce. We talked about ornaments and fruit. What do you want to have? Ornaments or fruit? Why don't you pray and see what God will do? It's no big deal to discover what you will do or could do or can do. But if God works in you and produces the fruit that only God can produce, this will be glorious. Ornamentation, it looks good till it dies. The fruit of God is eternal and glorious in the life of the Christian. See what God will do. Now, there's something really interesting here. What does he say you should ask for? What does he say you should ask for? Do you read it? you see it? <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Can you find it? Let's see if I can find it. Oh, here it is. Whatever you wish. Is he serious? But this is the conclusion of a conditional promise. If, if this and this are true, ask whatever you wish. What are the this and this? If you abide in me and my words abide in you. If you're trusting in me and if you're clear on what I'm telling you, this has a tendency to change what you will wish. <laughs> it's not just a tendency. It will change what you wish. If, if Jesus, think about it, if Jesus' words, if Jesus' words were really fully abiding in you, 
would it change the nature of the things you ask for? I think it would. I think it would. Here's the thing. Do you hear the elements of abiding? It's a a focused attention on the life of Christ, receptiveness to his word, and prayer. Focused attention on Christ. Reception of his word and prayer. It's not a big, hard struggle, abiding. It's the very nature of the word abide. It's just like, would you relax, rest, stop, abide in him. Now, he concludes here, by this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be, the word there, prove to be, is literally the word of becoming. You could translate it like this, and so become my disciples. How does a person become a disciple? a true follower of Christ. Abiding, bearing fruit, living in him, trusting him, looking to him. And this is the glory of God. This again, we go all the way back to the very creation of humanity where God says, let us make man according to our likeness, to bear our image. And so in living fellowship with God, we reflect the very nature of God into the creation, and we, in this way, make God visible. This is what Jesus did, right? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's making God visible Paul says in Colossians, he is the image of the invisible God, and we participate with Christ, in Christ, in making God visible in the creation. And so we glorify God and we spread the glory of God all over the world. This is our calling. This is the calling of humanity. And this is what is available to us in Christ by the Spirit. Abide in him. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. When you become the fruitful Christian, God is making you. It brings glory to God. And this is entirely a question of Simple submission to him. (laughs) Like Romans 12, right? In view of God's mercies, present your bodies a living side. You just give yourself to him. He's going to do a much better job of it than you. You just give yourself to him. You just abide in him. You just trust in Christ. And the word of God and the spirit of God 
will see to your fruitfulness. Father, we give you thanks for your great love and mercy in Christ. We, we ask, Lord, that you would go with us. Lord, I pray for every one uh, who's a part of our church, a part of all of the church everywhere. Father, that we would learn to rest in Christ, to simply trust in him, abiding in the vine. I pray, Lord, that the word of God would have its powerful effect in our lives to change us, to change our minds and to change our hearts. And then, Lord, to be reflected in the way that we love one another, the way that you have loved us. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in the life of this church and in the life of the church everywhere. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.